Have you ever noticed the world isn't quite what it presents itself to be? That something is just a little off kilter, just a little out of focus. Some of you may know me from my career in the distilled spirits industry as the alchemist of the Black Forest of Indiana. An industry, as I see it, more than just a little influenced by the occult and the work of opening doors and capturing essences. Here, you'll see another side of what I do and how I'm influenced by such experiences. Here, myself and occasionally friends will share first-hand accounts, stories shared with us, for tea and news, interviews, and a healthy dose of history and speculation. Settle in for the ride and enjoy. Perhaps that movement you saw out of the corner of your eye was more than just a shadow. Perhaps that weight on your shoulder, a bit more than fatigue. I've lived my whole life like this. Perceptive of those things that might be viewed by the less aware amongst us as simple circumstances, magic thinking, or even make-believe. Anticipating with the many ups and downs of my own perception, I have anxiously awaited the more positive of those experiences, dreading those of a darker caliber. I believe from societal observation in recent years that others are becoming acutely aware of the currently scientifically unmeasurable world that surrounds us. I believe that spiritual warfare is real. Join us as we take a hard left into the heath and the heather. Join us as we call out into the void, as the veil frays at the edges, and recall, if you have ghosts, you have everything. This this is you and I sitting around the fire, yeah, chatting about our experiences uh, of you know either growing up and you know do you truly believe in ghosts? And this is from probably the African perspective of how I've always seen ghosts. You know, we can do the first thing into seeing um, what really kept these our view of the spiritual world through well what we look at our deads right what is right. there anything we do for the deads and then you know how we look at the ghosts and also our encounter or stories that brushed off with those ghosts absolutely be perfect the perfect episode yeah man i think it'll work out great and like i said this one i'll probably do uh probably do this one it'll either be halloween or it'll be the day of the dead so i'm gonna try to drop like two uh two full episodes one's a crossover with mcnew mm -hmm. and then yours and then i'm gonna have a little like short episode that i recorded the intro for a while ago that'll be um kind of the history of halloween and then i'm gonna get penny on there because i want to get penny in here because you know the child's perspective like tell me what you think of halloween right and mm -hmm. then she can go into all that and it'll be a fun little bonus thing so nice yeah so yeah, man, and I'll let you. I'll let you start whenever you're ready, brother. I'm ready. Uh, for those who don't know me, I'm Jack Bigadu. Uh, on a good day, um, I talk about whiskey. I tell people what I believe they should be drinking, and I guide them through uh, their palate. During the day, I teach people how to protect themselves. Uh, 
as an insurance agent, but uh, I was born and raised in West Africa, uh, also called uh, the birth of humanity. That's what they call West Africa, the birth of humanity or the birthplace of humanity. Uh, so I love talking about things that are spiritual because when you grow up in Africa, you you can't but to believe in the in the spirits and uh, my perspective of those things are kind of very interesting because of uh, moving here when I was 19. Some of these things that you can you almost never shake them away. Yeah, once 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 you've seen those kind of things, right? There, you can't you can't unsee those sort of things, right? They they're going to stick with you. They make an impression. They hang around with you, and obviously, like we we talked about previously, you know, there's you guys have some you know some ancestor veneration and all that stuff as well. Yeah, right? and that becomes an important part of of who you are forever. Correct. So, uh, last week. I was saying there's power in the name, you know, even people in church say that, right? There's power in the name, but there's also power in the blood. Mm -hmm. Also, your bloodline represents something, you know, here in the Western, you know, the Western world, people call it your DNA or your ancestry. But in Africa, you know, this is your, this is you. This is what you represent. This is your spiritual, uh, physical and spiritual um rod to be grounded as a person it's almost your your spiritual inheritance basically yes yeah that's very cool and that's um i don't know that's one of those things jack i don't think you and i got to talk about this but like uh i'm just gonna put this in here because the way that you said that when you said there's power in the blood like when we talked last time like that stuck in my head because i hadn't really thought of it that way right and i mean you know having family from appalachia and everything you talk about blood ties and all that stuff quite a bit, but I hadn't like that phrase had never popped in my head. And it reminded me of something last year at this time, my family, of course, in recent generations are all from Kentucky. And, and prior to that, they obviously came in through Tidewater, et cetera. Um, but last year, so I'd never really studied my family. I knew a little bit of it, but last year, cause I, you know, I'm here in Southern Indiana. I don't have any ancestors here. The people that I, that I kind of venerate that are here, aren't my ancestors, but they're distillers from this area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back to Kentucky. I took my dad to Kentucky. We took a day off work. We went down with him and my uncle. I went down, I visited some relatives, and my goal with the entire thing was take me where they lived. Mm-hmm. Take me take me where they were and take me to the graveyards. And there's, I'm sure I've been to those places when I was a little kid. Don't remember it, not well, mm-hmm. but there was power to that. There was something mm-hmm. very unique and very powerful about that. And all the way down to like, looking out across the land which is still undeveloped there and understanding why mm-hmm. they lived where they lived and why they chose to live where they lived at that time mm-hmm. so you know you know the funny thing is my grandmothers right and more, as far as i'm concerned uh i i would say i don't really have a, a connection to my grandfathers mm-hmm. but my grandmothers from my mother's side and my 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 father's side or two people that I grew up around. Yep, Funny yep. thing is, my uh, my grandmother used to call me Kruja. Kruja literally meaning the Ashanti. Well, because my grandmother actually on my mother's side, 
grew up in the north side of our country closer to the gold coast which is called ghana now they speak ashanti there so there's this cross-culture thing because truly colonization is what created borders in between those those people so she'll call me kruja kruja why because when i grew up when i was born my dad was not in the country he was studying abroad so i grew up around my grandmother another connection to my grandmother is she made the local uh barley beer so she literally i as a kid i would try to play with the barley because to make the local barley beer they will actually wet the barley put it in one home let him malt the barley and then grind it and she was i mean everybody came to the house but that that thing is uh, is followed or paired with uh uh is paired with pork meat so she raised pork and no one could actually approach those but i will approach those i will go play with the pork meat which as a as, as a toddler everybody's afraid they can bite you because they can eat humans and and remains but no i was born the same time as um one of her the female were actually having kids so me and those kids kind of grew up together as a toddler and she always called me kruja which actually mean uh the chosen one by the pork right so so it's it's kind of a, a big deal for for her to always call me that and my mom my mom just hated it but it's this affinity of she always say look at him he can get dirty and and just go down and grind and he he rise up clean like he never even played with the pig and it's something that kind of followed me as uh, as you know when they say there's power in somebody kind of saying something about you is that every time anything happened to me it takes me back to you know my grandma always told me i can get dirty get down into the pit of things but i will always rise up clean right so that's those things that, that when she she passed away when i went back home my mom got very emotional because she took me to her grave and she said your grandmother i don't know but what is it about her grandkid but even when the week she was she passed away she asked about you she wanted to know how you were doing and she kept calling you this name and saying how is my kruja doing it's like saying like how my baby pork doing right that's that's kind of what what she referred to but when we went back and she took me to her grave she said i did three days only with my mom back in the north side so she lowly she said whatever you do while you're here you need to go see your grandma so she took me to the grave and we sat there and obviously she she you know she called her mom and said hey your your favorite you know you know pork is here he traveled far away to come see you he weren't here when you were laying to rest you know she went through all the things let me take a moment to actually connect with that spirit that is there so my grandma can know that i'm okay and i'm at peace and i came to to i came to actually pay respect to her before we left that's the only thing my mom wanted me to do right. that whole time and which is a big deal because i personally even felt at peace mm -hmm. during that moment it just just it was just this wave of just goosebump and just somebody like almost like somebody holding your heart and saying it's fine because when i went back home i was going through a tough time in my life personally 
personally. So I, I, I felt this sense of pressure all the time, mm-hmm. even when I was going back home. And it, it was the same thing with my grandmother on my father's side. Most of the you know wisdom from Africa that I say, most of the uh, most of the uh, the ability to actually drink as a person came from that woman right she 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 was truly the pioneer of uh, of health and 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 kind of the the camp the compass of who my dad was because my dad can be a crazy man sometime but next to his mom he does not budge so when i was even going back home me and my dad don't have such that great relationship but when he came to that moment walking into that house and as the firstborn son of the house and how my grandma always told me he's like she'll always call me my grandma called me that the reason why is out of all her grandkid i was the first one born that she held herself and took care of so in our in our culture if you held your own grandkid and raised him he's a representation of what you see the man of the tribe which the only person beside her is her dad that she can respect as the man of the tribe because I hold that title. So she she will always call me dad. And because I was always the grandkid that would go get her beer, right? The local beer, she she like, ah, you're like my dad. You always take care of me, right? So that's that's a thing. So when I went back home, it was the same thing. During that ceremony, my dad needed me to understand that my grandmother you know it is with us and you have to actually pay homage pay respect and she's kind of that compass that guide all of us so let's set our differences aside and for a moment there even when she's not here we we i mean you you know alan it's like if you're if your dad walk into that house doesn't matter if you're having a whole argument with your with your wife right now you stop because for that moment in time there's that respect that you pay you know so Absolutely. Well, and words, words and names and having in, intentions, right, on the one side and then on the other side, more of the, 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 the way that that plays out culturally is really, really interesting, too. And I don't I don't know that I had any names that I was ever given that had those those kind of meanings. But like you mentioned a thing about being called dad. Right. So. Interestingly enough, I mean, I spent as much time around my grandma, Bishop, my dad's mom, as I did around anybody in my family. And her dad died when she was a teenager. Um, but, and I didn't find this out until later because I didn't really meet any of that family until much later on, the butlers. Now uh, I had a little bit of an attitude streak, which I seem to obviously have as well. Um, but she, that, that, she would constantly compare the things that I did to her dad. Mm-hmm. And it would be, this is... This is the kind of thing, whether it was positive, right? The kind of thing that my dad would have done for me, or it was negative. This is the kind of thing that got my dad in trouble, Mm -hmm. right? And so I recently had looked into that, you know, because I didn't know the butlers that well. I knew one of them that was a cousin of hers. And and I'm, you know, I really liked the guy, but he was also the meanest old man I'd ever met in my (laughs) life, Um, which was kind of interesting too. Because it gave me a chance, you know, they're looking at that and knowing that I shared blood with him to go, mm-hmm. get your shit together or you're going to mm-hmm. end up like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so there's there's definitely some parallels there that are very interesting. Um, yeah. and- 
funny thing is actually as you mentioned in this one interesting thing that probably your audience need to know uh is when we say there's power in the name and power in the blood so mm -hmm. when a kid is born in africa there is a naming ceremony right the ceremony of naming is important and usually it's in the first five days of a kid being born it's almost like if you you know if you seen like the way happening uh kunta kinte in roots where he pulled his the kid out yep. and presented to his answer is 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 a tradition is a west african tradition you have to do it right right because people don't name their kid before the kid is born mm -hmm. there is a naming ceremony that you have to do the reason why there's power in the name is actually you know back home they would say your name can resonate on your character yes so here they would say oh don't don't call you know don't call the kid a certain thing because he may end up being that right don't don't be right. calling him stupid because you you're kind of calling that's the intention behind right you're kind you're, of putting it on push it, exactly but it's the same thing your name has power mm -hmm. so back home your name depending on the tribe you form you, you you're from you name three ways you either name because it's a family um lineage so based on your on your tribe culture you're named because you're the first born you're the middle one or you're the last one so if you hear a name you know that this person is probably the first born right right or right. you named a certain way because you're a twin so when you hear a name you know immediately like this guy is a twin right Interesting. you your 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 name is also based on your 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 birth day of the week so when you hear Kofi, Komlan, Kojo, Kosi, is because you're born on Monday or you're born on Tuesday or you're born on a Wednesday or a Friday. So your name tells people already which day you're born. You're tied to that. Yeah. Correct. Correct. The other thing is in other tribe, which the warrior tribe that I'm from, your name is based on behavior of your family. So my official name is Talabahe. And Talbahe in uh, in my culture to be translated mean when he comes, there is peace. So it's peacemaker. But that's be that's because you belong to the tribal fighters. So my dad name is Talbutuli, which means the war maker or the 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 war uh the warden. Interesting. So him and I don't get along pretty yeah. well because everything he does has some sort of very rigid things to it like since i was 10 years old i told my dad i don't think you're my dad because we always butted head because it was given to him and correct right as as the 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 warden or the war maker and literally i felt like i lived in guantanamo like rules or rules with my dad you, you don't flinch on the contrary i'm the opposite side right yeah everybody yeah. knew me in the neighborhood right everybody knew me in the neighborhood everybody knew that i cool i was the happy-go-lucky guy every time there is a fight i gotta jump in and go no 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 no. we can't do this blah blah on the contrary when my dad called will actually get on the neighborhood and the entry of the neighborhood all the kiddos start like wiping the street <laughs> like to let him pass so when they say there's power in the name that's like depend on the tribe you form you immediately you, you 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 hear that name and you're like and when you are in trouble or when you are 
having issues as a person, like your soul is now wrestling with something. When you go back home to the witch doctor, when you go back to meet your ancestors, the first thing they will ask you is what's your name? It's almost like we have to call you, you have to call your spirit in because your name resonates with who you are. Either it's gonna fuel you to give you power or it's gonna fill you as they're calling all the spirit, your ancestors, as they're, you know, they're ble- they're cut, you know, shedding blood, we'll call it. So as they're pouring this animal blood, as you're going through this, the whole ritual of to ground you as a person because you're either things are not going well in your life, they will call you by your name because they have to call your ancestor and tell them, remember when he was born and you call y'all called him this name? is back here because he belonged to y'all right right so. yeah yeah it gives it gives them a, a almost uh i don't i don't i don't know what word i'm looking for it, but almost a way to like to kind of to kind of index who you are what you are off of that name right Correct. and have a way to kind of work with that spiritually mm-hmm. to get further into that mm-hmm. which is interesting because so and the only thing that i have that's even anything close to that jack uh you know and I think a lot of I think a lot of like those, you know, some of the traditions that, that may have come out of the, the the culture that I came from. I'm sure that there was stuff there that got lost over generations, you know, mm-hmm. move, moving all throughout <clears throat> Appalachia, etc. But so there's a, a family name, <clears throat> and I actually have it, and it it it's been in my family for multiple generations. Um, middle name is Reed, which is a, a Celtic name. And it, it kind of has an interesting meaning that, to me, harkens back to the farming sort of thing. So it's mm-hmm. uh, it basically means little rock that guards the field is what it means. But it's literally been passed down from generation to generation all the way down to. So we named my daughter Penny after my one grandfather, whose name was mm-hmm. Penn. Mm-hmm. And then her middle name is Marie, which is her mom's middle name and her grandmother's mm-hmm. middle name. But I call her Ree. Right. I've given her an abbreviated version of Ree, of Ree right. one way right. or the other. So just to keep that rolling you know it's uh it's and that's it's one of those things that i tell people that it's it's uh, it, it, there is so much there's so much that goes into the name that i almost tell people when you're gonna give a name to people or you know it that name is what they're gonna die with that name is the top they they, they whenever they need something that's that's their name that's that's how their their soul is tied to their body. That's their power. That's what they right. what they can lean into. Those right. those archetypes, those bigger archetypes right. that they can that they can play off of and, and understand. And this is Alan Bishop, head alchemist of Spirits of French Lick, and host of. If you have ghosts, you have everything. With fall just around the corner and the crisp air begging for bonfires, friends, and ghost stories, be sure to pick up a bottle of our Bottled and Bond Solomon Scott Rye Whiskey. Made from a unique mash bill of 60% rye, 35% corn, and 5% victory malt, we double pot distill this rye for retention and concentration of flavor. Always non-chill filtered and matured in full-size 53-gallon New American Oak, number two char, medium toast barrels, a full five years. 
Named after the legendary proprietor of the Daisy Spring Mill Distillery in Lawrence County, Indiana, remember, respect the grain and always drink responsibly. I'm sure that you found it with your with your name, even not just at home, but just you know being where you where you are now. Mm-hmm. You've probably had experiences in your life where you're like you probably leaned heavy into that. You know, I'm a I'm an insurance agent. Yeah. I literally tell people every day how not to die, right, right? How not to burn their houses? How being a peacemaker literally makes me an amazing financial advisor or an amazing advisor in general because mm-hmm. I. I've always been top producer with every company I've worked with. And the reason why people are like, I don't understand how you are convincing me to actually do this. Like, yeah. I, I, I talked to another guy, but you explain it in the way that I understand. They, they, they understand it. Yeah. You well, know, I think that's some of the beauty of, 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 some, of your culture and, and some of the cultures that get lost throughout the world too, is that you still have those things that are there you know what i mean that a lot of people don't have and we touched on this a little bit before but this is one of the reasons why i wanted to do if you have ghosts you have everything is because we have a in my opinion jack a very serious problem in the world and it's not just a united states problem anymore it's a worldwide with globalism it's now a worldwide problem which is that people they don't take any of this stuff seriously until they have to take it seriously right Right. until they have an experience and i think a lot of them don't talk about it because they're afraid to talk about but it's Mm -hmm. it's becoming so much more prevalent now Mm -hmm. that they have to talk about it right and so my goal was i mean how many people have you have you drank with jack and had a conversation about spirituality and people that ordinarily would not say out loud that they believe in those things but you have a couple drinks and it lubricates that door a little bit and then the stuff just start, starts flooding out. Oh, you you will you will be very surprised. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm hoping that I am continually surprised by the people that might want to talk about these things because uh, I think it's important. And and the one thing we also have to highlight before we get into you know how we treat our dead or our spirit is there is there being centuries, right? Centuries of war. Mm-hmm. to stop spirituality absolutely you know i mean it, it, it and that's what i tell people all the time there is a french saying that said who who he who he doesn't know history live in his own foolishness right that's that's the best way to put it so if today you're like oh, i'm a christian and i only pray to that to white jesus and you know i only do this and don't believe in anything else is because somewhere you were conditioned um, to only think that way. And there's nothing you can do about it because you are just conditioned by culture, by what you see and what you do. But when you stop for a minute and maybe go, oh, because somewhere living in your foolishness is not wrong uh, because, you know, the more you know, right? if you don't know, you only live, you are a product of your environment, of your culture, of your area. But once you know somewhere, you kind of have to suffer the consequences. Yep. So so when you talk to people, I've had conversations where people are like, oh, I don't know about that, right? I don't know about, I don't know about this. So I don't know about that. 
But then it takes one event, one little event to happen. And the person goes, was that what I think it was? And you have to almost say, I don't know, was it? Was it? You tell me. Yeah. You you tell me. So that war that been happening just centuries. Mm -hmm. The the burning of the witches, the Christian war, the uh, the Islamic war, the I mean even till today, of uh, voodoo was wanted to be eradicated back in in uh, uh, on on Puerto Rico and Haiti because Christianity always have to take over uh, any place that you go. Uh, today, when you are going through, you know, Iraq, Iran, Palestine, all these places, somewhere religion can even be worse uh, as a conversation religion and spirituality yeah. could be worse as a conversation than politics sometimes well even the, even if you look at uh you know for example of the of the three you know judeo-christian religions that are out there right if you look at the and these are the ones that interest me jack and i think you and i have discussed this in person before but you know i tend to lean into into some of those more more uh i guess mystical sects of things so mm -hmm. but if you if you were to look at christian mystics in the middle east or you're to look at islamic mysticism or you look at uh judaic mysticism those they are even in their homeland where they were honestly probably in many ways more similar to the early concepts of those three major religions mm -hmm. they're on the fringes right I mean, there was there was one one group of true Gnostic Christians left in Iraq, and there were about 500 of them, and I don't think they exist anymore. They're nope. gone. Mm -hmm. So, and that was last tied to that that early concept of what what Christ was there in the Middle Correct. East. Correct. So, so it's one of those things where I tell people all the time that it's okay, it is okay if you listen to Alan and I and go. These people are full of shit. Yeah. It's okay. It's, fine. it's completely okay. Yeah. And but yeah. somewhere around the line, there's someone somewhere there that we are we are a reminder for. We are uh, a, a compass. A compass for. Because that's the thing is, is that people don't understand that a lot of people are lost. We are talking on multiple levels. Some mm -hmm. people today are looking for someone to relate to again that's what make most people impressionable by bullshit you know by bullshit because they just don't know where they belong no no one can come to me not even you alan and come to me and say hey jack i, I think this is how you should do things etc they're like no no absolutely i know who i am right what do they say uh in africa my, my grandma right back to her she always say the same thing if you don't know where you're going at least you know where you're from. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. If you don't know where you're going, at least you know where you're from. So this is this is all it is. If you don't know where you're going, if you if you're lost, if you don't have that, that where you're from, that's the problem. That's why Alan is having this. Mm -hmm. Is right. you knowing where you're from? That's all. Right. Yeah. Well, and you know the other thing with people not being able to uh, to identify with things that other people say to them. Uh, on those levels is that if you're if you're in a if you're at a point in life ever it doesn't matter how old you are what you believe in ultimately etc 
But if you're in a position where you can't find a moment for vulnerability where you're questioning everything that you have an idea about, there's probably something a little bit off anyways. Yeah. So, you know, you have to, you have to have those moments of vulnerability and they, Hey, they may not even come on purpose. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, a lot of times the world, whatever that spiritual realm is, breaks you down and you don't mm -hmm. get a choice. So you better explore it before it does break you down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cause it ain't fun when it breaks you down. I've done been there and done that. It's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Absolutely. Well, one other thing I wanted to touch on Jack that you said earlier too, and this goes back into venerating your ancestors. You talked about going to your, your grandma's graves and uh, the feeling of that in general. And I think that that's one thing that maybe we've still held on to to some degree in Western culture, but uh, when it really means something and it moves you and you can have that moment of, uh, you don't even have to necessarily have a grave to go to, but a concept, an idea, a construct of, of what that meant to you. And you mm -hmm. can lay all that stuff out in the open to that person or in the name of that person, mm -hmm. it helps. It helps it tremendously. Does. It does. I will tell you right now. It brings us to our real subject. If we had to ask people today, do you believe in ghosts? Right. What will be their answer? That's usually what that's that's where I stand. Right. Do you believe in ghosts? Have you ever had any experience that the only way you can explain it is that that was a ghost, mm -hmm. right? So it, it, it that's really the that's the real question because things we're going to talk about may sound very made up for a lot of people. They may sound like fables, which is okay until it happens to you. Yeah, until you're the one that's experiencing it. Correct. Correct. So, um, some people will call it a meta, a metaverse thing, a universe uh, glitching or something. But we keep it more simple by saying that, yes, I personally believe there's such things as ghosts. I believe in spirits. Um, and for that reason, these stories we're going to share around, you know, people dying and why some people venerate their dead, why some people uplift the one before them are things that people may hear and maybe a good entertainment while you're in a plane or while you're, while you're driving and you're like, oh, well, let me hear this, these two guys go crazy about what they're doing. But truly, I've had three encounters in my life, three encounters in my life uh, that when I talk about people go impossible, that doesn't, that that's not true. But I've heard countless of stories, countless. Um, I will start by actually talking about dreams, dreams. One of the things people don't understand is that if you have a strong connection to someone, they have to say goodbye. And the stronger your connection, if they're living this physical planet, they will have to actually come and say goodbye. 
And the easiest way for people to tap in with you is your astral self, right? Is is that astral part of you. For people that don't believe it, the concept of deja vu is literally you living your life a few minutes, a few months, or a few years ahead of most people and coming back into time. And what simply that means is I, I, I remember clearly when uh, I would start even by my closest experience, which was about, may she rest in peace now, probably about, when was that? Brennan, Brennan is 15. She was four, about three, so 12 years ago. My ex-wife, uh, when I married my ex-wife, I, I loved my, my mother-in-law, honestly, more than I actually loved my wife. That's, that's how strong of a connection we had. The reason why I'm an American citizen today is because of that woman. Mind you, I met my ex-wife when I was still in college. Two jobs. And we got, you know, we were pregnant. So this woman was the CEO of a big company. So for her and had three girls, never had a boy. And here's this immigrant kid with, with a thick African accent, got her daughter pregnant after only after she just knowing me for for only for only maybe see me one time and then three months after that right and clearly clearly i just fell in her lap getting her daughter pregnant but she said my beliefs are you keep the kid and you guys get married you make it work at 23, what the fuck did I know? But when people, and mind you, she's married to my father-in-law at that time, who is hardcore Republican, grew up in small town, opposite of this woman who went and helped in Kenya. When, you know, she was a nurse before she, she worked her way all the way up into this thing. But every time she would talk to me, she wanted to hear, what's going on and when i when I, at that time what she said she said hey you guys are gonna have a kid uh i hear i hear you say you're still paying on your car uh here's what we're gonna do you know, we are going to pay off your car so you don't have a car payment and she said it looks like you need a better job so what i'm going to do is i'm actually going to pay for you to get your green card so you can actually apply for better jobs at that time at that time i didn't understand the love that someone has to have for you to truly get out of to to truly get out of their way to spend that amount of time money and intentionality to help you out without knowing who you are and she loved she, I'm glad Brennan got to meet her before she passed away uh, from her cancer because she was already in remission originally when I met her but the one thing she always do is that twice out of the week I was I was uh, working at a gas station when I got my, my green card I went I got promoted to be a manager so I managed a whole gas station 
to go out of her way, which is like another 10 minutes, to stop in at work. She didn't she didn't come home. She will stop in at work and get her, she'll always get her her diet coke and she'll stop and chat for a minute and leave. Almost checking on me every tw twice a week, like clockwork she would do. And when she got sick again, she, you'll see her, she was losing weight. She was not feeling so well, but this time she didn't want to go through the whole chemo thing because that was twice already. But I would go see her, you know, every time after after work. And, you know, they're like, oh, we, you know, we are just making her feel comfortable and whatnot. But that night we left the hospital and I actually went to sleep. I had this vivid dream and and it was me at a gas station and I was I I was serving my client and she comes in I'm like hey what's up Barb you feeling better and she said she said she said oh and she she's just this just beautiful woman a beautiful woman and she always said this and she said she said yeah she said she said, I'm, 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 I'm in a better place. And then she said, she said, she said, you go, you're going to be okay, right? And I'm like, well, of course I'm going to be okay. She's, and she, she's like, well, I just, just want to come and check on you one more time. And I'm like, one more time. And she's like, yeah, before I go, I, I have, I have plenty of things to do. All right. And I remember this vividly because I was like, okay, I'm very busy with clients right now. You sure you don't want me to walk you to your car? She's like, no, 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 no. Just keep working hard. I'm very proud of all you're doing right now. And make sure you graduate, though. I, I know you're trying to stop school again. Make sure you graduate now. I say, yes, yes, yes. And I just said something like, hey, I, I think I think Meg may actually want to want to check. You know, that's my ex-wife. Like, she might actually want to check you with the something with the baby. But she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. But she kept waving. And 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 she came back in and waved again, right? And I was like, I was like, oh Barb, she's just so sweet, right? And I wake up just just like in sweat, right? It wasn't even, wasn't even. What woke me up is my ex-wife phone actually going off to let her know that we have to come and say goodbye because she already. She was gone. So while we were driving there, I'm literally like shivering, like cold sweat, just going down. Back and I said, I get there and I'm telling you, if someone, if someone would die with beauty, that was her. She, she had this weird, just peaceful smile on her face that, and it took me back immediately in my dream because that was the same face she made why she was waving at me it was like like that facial expression yeah all the all the worries and all the all the all the hurt we're, we're and all, gone gone yeah yeah and i'm like she said goodbye and everybody was crying and i couldn't i couldn't cry because it was like i was like she she's okay She's fine. She she said her goodbye. She's but I couldn't explain it to my ex-wife. She always said, like, you are you are a weird person, man. You 
how can you not grant him? I'm like, no. No, she's. Yeah. Yeah, man. I've, I did that. I have, I've had a, I've had a few. I typically don't, don't cry at that point. Anyways, it's, it's, I have a moment before something happens. Right. And then when something happens, unless it was something just absolutely tragic, that's not the, that's not the way that I handle it because just like what you're saying there, she she had made her peace, right? And you know, she obviously she saw something in you and she also saw her her future. Again, blood is important in you as well. And I don't know if you believe this is true or not, Jack, but I think sometimes that when people are at that point, right? And maybe maybe there's even an internal knowing that that, that person has that, you know, hey, time is limited right that the veil thins a little bit for him you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and everything um it's easier to see the the positivity of that transition when that veil mm-hmm. starts to thin mm-hmm. a little bit and they can see things in other people they wouldn't ordinarily see mm-hmm This is Alan Bishop of If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Are you interested in distilled spirits, the production thereof, tastings? Well, let me tell you about a cooperative group of some of my best friends and favorite podcasters in the industry, the Bar Cart Co-op. The Bar Cart Co-op is made up of several unique spirits-based content creators. Do you love music? The stories behind the music? How about the way that music influences the people? who craft your favorite independent spirits. Be sure to check out Kevin Rose and Drew Crawley with special guests on the Bourbon Turntable. Are craft spirits reviews, good laughs, and big personalities your thing? Check out my brothers Patrick and Mike on My Whiskey Den every Monday at 9 o'clock Eastern. Patrick and Mike bring in the best of craft spirits, review them, and have a great time on their show. What a better way to follow up the shittiest first day of the week anyways. Do deep dives into distilling methodology with a diverse group of distillers the world over aimed at both home and legal distillers interest you? Then check out my other show with my co-host Christy Atkinson, Distillers Talk, available wherever you get your podcasts. How about Victorian era cocktails? My brother Brian Cushing, Victorian man, has you covered over on YouTube via the Victorian Barroom. For more information, check out barcartcoop.com. something kind of I'll throw this in there so two very short things but I had something real similar to what you're talking about there with a very good friend of mine named Brad Foster and I'm not I don't even think I've ever told Kim this but ironically I worked at a gas station too Jack and that was actually my (laughs) maybe my favorite job in the world because it it, it was it was great especially if it's like anywhere around any kind of small town because you get all the you know everybody who's dealing drugs, a right? Because that was the oh, place. Yeah. You know what happened? We 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 need to have a whole different episode yes. on, on gas station, gas station work because oh my god, oh yeah, I've learned so much from from working <laughs> at a gas station. <laughs> but this guy Brad and I knew who he was, but I didn't know him well. I got to be good friends with him, and he was he was a, a biker and all that stuff. And uh, I got I got the right call him Bad Brad Foster, right? And Brad yeah. was the kind of guy. 
he'd try to joke on you, right? He'd always be late for work because his dad owned the cabinet factory they worked at. So he's always, I always could tell when he was running late because he'd be kind of like in a hurry. But then he'd come in, instead of giving you $20 bill for gas, he'd be the guy with all the quarters and the mm, pennies and shit. Those people. Yes. So, but Brad was, I mean, he'd give you the shirt off his back. And what we would do is he, he loved that I got a job at a distillery because when I was working at that gas station, that's all I could talk about, right? And everybody mm. knew that I was doing the moonshine thing on the side. Mm. So every few weeks, Brad would stop by and we'd have some drinks on the porch. And I still don't know, Jack, uh, and I don't know that I've ever told anybody this one. I don't know if this actually happened or if I dreamed that it happened because Brad just all of a sudden passed away one day. And I don't have a clear recollection of, again, whether this was reality or a dream or some combination of the both. But I could swear to you, he was at my house the night before he died and we drank together. And honest to God, dude, I don't know if it was real or not because apparently he was already in the hospital when that happened. I think it was real on some plane, mm -hmm. right? But I don't know which one it was because I have a very vivid memory of it. I knew it the day that I found out that he passed away, but I never told anybody because he was apparently already in the hospital at that point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then the one other that's very similar to that that I'll, I'll throw in there was uh, when my grandmother uh, Bishop died, my mamaw Bishop as, as we call her, uh, I knew she was going. She had uh, she had cancer, and uh, so I went to visit her. You know, I'd been to visit her about every day and everything, but you know, the last day, you can tell, like you said, she was ready, right? And she, mm -hmm. you know, and I'd already said my goodbyes and everything, but I'm I'm sitting there and and I, I I told her I was holding her hand. She couldn't open her eyes, and I said, you know, I'll make sure no one forgets you. I'm gonna make sure that your name is out there and everybody knows what you contributed to this mm -hmm. family and this town, etc. And I felt her hand. She didn't pass away then. She let go. Her mm -hmm. hand let go. And so I left um, to go take my friend home. And as I was walking outside, and these are the little things that people miss too, I think, Jack, the symbolism of things. So knowing that I grew up around my grandparents quite a bit, my grandma, my grandpa, Bishop, you know, as a kid, all that stuff uh, in the woods, learning all the stuff I did from them. When I walked out the door to leave, it's not odd to see deer here, you know, in the country where I live, but it was a buck, a doe, and a fawn, right? The symbology of like those family. Th yeah, mm -hmm. the symbology of those three things, right? And they were, they were running. And here's here's the ironic part and the the sort of symbolism of it is, my grandfather was already gone. My grandmother just was getting ready to pass. She would pass a few hours later. The two big deer jumped over the fence. And a little one couldn't jump the fence, right? And that yeah. was that was that moment of like, yep, that's how it is. That's how it works. Man, this is gonna be an interesting episode, right? <laughs> because it, it falls perfectly in the in the next one, in the next story about ghost encounter. So, one of my uncles was, he, he's considered a knucklehead of the family, right? He's, uh, but, so, so, but one thing my uncle would do, he lives in a village. So, a village, we think, is a six-hour drive from the city where we lived. Funny thing is, we are, we are, 
I'm playing outside and he 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 come maybe once a year and one thing we love when he comes the reason why everybody hate him but I love him is because every time he come he'll give me money he'll give me money and I just loved it and crazy thing is he we were playing outside it's the summer and he comes in and it's me my cousins for some reason that day my cousins also were were at home for the summer and it's one of those things where it's like doesn't happen often that my cousin is 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 you know at home in the summer and it, it, my cousin is there and we we all you know we just we hanging out we playing soccer outside blah blah and so the girls were inside and uncle comes in so his kids his kids also came to visit so he brought the three two weeks before that he brought his kids so the kids were with my cousins so they all came to our house because again i'm living with the with the war with the war guy so he won't let me go anywhere but all the cousins will come and i remember vividly like he, he, he we saw him walking around the corner I, I should have known when one of my cousins like that you did not bring your bike he had a, a motorcycle he had a, like one of those yamazaki old kawasaki actually those kawasaki motorcycle it's like oh you didn't bring your motorcycle it's like oh no no son you know it, it's broken i left it i left it in on uh, by the mechanic i will get it later and he's like and and we all were saying the same thing like uncle welcome uncle welcome it's like he's like you kid you kids need to be good you kid need to be good and he's looking at me he's like i know you always button head with your dad but you gotta be good you know he, he there is a saying in our village i say is a son that always apologizes to the father not the father that apologizes to the son even if the father is wrong right that's always what they would say i hate that saying but i could remember him saying that we had the same sort of concept here <laughs> yes so so <laughs> so so he's saying that and he's looking at his kid and he say he's looking at the oldest and he go you don't listen to you never listen to your mom so at that time we all like uncle is like the cool guy why is it that he's giving all of us advice and this was like 15 minutes of him saying that and he's like okay i'm gonna go see the mechanic kids be good make sure you tell your dad that I, I came here and I couldn't see him <laughs> right I came here and I couldn't see him he said tell your mom that I went I went to he called a place that they'll always meet when he's in town and she weren't there right he's like y'all kid remember now make sure you tell your parents now that I did stop by that I came to to say hello and they weren't here like it's like like almost warning us as if if we don't do it we'll be in trouble right now it sounds like his intonation was pretty serious like correct there's, there's heft and heaviness in what he said correct he's he's giving us this thing but the funny thing is he won't sit down remember when a guest come home you give him water 
he won't drink water he won't sit down he was just standing around with the kid with us the kid so we we get back to our game he walks around around the corner now mind you this is africa back in the in the early 2000 the home phone right he's gone like maybe maybe 10 minutes the home phone rings my that's my dad from work calling home going hey that i had a stepmother at that time hey is your stepmother home we're like no she went to the market to do the groceries when she come home tell her to call me at the office but there is this sense of urgency in it so i'm like oh that's my dad he's he exaggerated everything no big deal an hour passed by my dad called again why the fuck is your stepmother not here can you can you guys go check and see i need to talk to her as soon as possible okay then i hang up my stepmother is coming she get home and she say you need to call i said dad called twice and he's pretty pissed so she get on the phone she calls by the time she's calling the office my dad car i we only we always know where my dad car is in the neighbor because remember all the kids are scattering so this kids are scattering people are screaming jack 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 your dad is so he's coming and he comes and we open the gate of the garage of the garage and he, he gets in he's just sitting quietly my dad is a smoker he smoke i mean he's been smoking since i was born back to back cigarette back to back cigarette i'm like shit did someone what the fuck did i do now so now us and all the cousins cousin are just like very quiet right because that is not looking good maybe 35 minutes after my dad is home uncle uh uncle his older brother comes in then is my cousin's mom and that and they sit in the room and they 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 talk in the in the lip i mean adults are talking kids are, they talk in the room for a little bit we hear one of our aunts start crying in the room you know there is this cry that when you hear you know that somebody passed away there's a specific cry that you hear you know and there's this sorrow about this cry that when you hear it, you know either something very bad happened or somebody died that's that's the only time you hear that yeah, there's a i know exactly what you're talking about that and, and it's 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 not even just the tone it's it's the actual the feeling of the atmosphere that it causes correct when it happens correct so. it's 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 one of those cries that you know you've heard it before you know the only time you hear it you know something happened so we all cooped up right in the corner shit we don't need no smoke we don't need no problem we're just gonna sit in this corner 
probably about an hour pass and they come out and now they're talking to my stepmother and she's like she's you know she's just lemon in the lamentation like ow ow why why ow why and she's going off about this and now we know okay somebody probably very close to the family so of course my my cousin and his sister that was told i told your mom can't read the room she was the youngest so she can't read the room so she run to her mom and say oh mom are you picking us up and she's like no 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 i'm just i'm i'm, I'm just here for something else and she go oh uncle so-and-so came in the house and he said he went to the place of of where you we meet and you weren't there I almost I scolded her mom that uncle say you weren't there and her face just went what what are you talking about and she goes what she go what did you say I said uncle blah 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 I came here and he didn't even give us money this time. Right? So like, like a kid, she's just going off talking about this thing. Then they call her brother and go, hey, what's your sister talking about about your uncle being here and saying this? He's like, oh, yeah, when we were playing today, uncle came down and he talked to us. And he he said he came in and, and that now my dad loses shit. Because he's hearing these two kids talking to their mom and he's in the corner. So my dad is calling me, Talohe! Talohe! That's my, you know, everybody call me Jack, which is, you know, is my, when you hear that name, you know shit's about to go down. Oh, yeah. So I'm quickly walking in and it's like, he's like, what happened today? So I'm sitting there like, okay, I didn't hear what happened before, you know, the conversation before. So I'm like, what happened? Nothing happened. By the time I even even was saying nothing happened, I already got backhanded. And I'm like, this motherfucker. I'm like, I didn't do anything. He's like, he's like, I didn't say you didn't you did it. I said, what happened today? I go, I don't know what happened today. We were playing outside, and Uncle Ken is like, exactly. Did your uncle come here today? Yeah. What time? I'm like around this time he goes okay all the kids come here now we are in the interrogation room with the war with, with, with the war with, 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 with the warden uncle is sitting all the kids and they got us all lined up did your uncle come in this house today all the kids are like no one is talking like we're like what did we do wrong so we are like shaking our head just shaking our head what did he say we were saying all the things he said we all have the same matching story and he said are you guys sure he was your uncle we go i mean we're looking at this i'm looking at my dad like okay this guy is trying a way to kind of punish us and beat the shit out of us because there's no fucking way we are telling you the truth right now
This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of the Black Forest. Fall's in the air. The leaves are changing. The night's getting a little longer. That only means one thing to me. It's apple brandy season. Be on the lookout for our brand new Spirits of French Lick, Bottled and Bond Old Clifty Hoosier Style Apple Brandy. Made from fresh pressed Michigan apples and matured in both 53 gallon number two charred new American oak barrels as well as 68 gallon hogshead barrels. Never chill filtered and always double pot distilled. Named for the legendary pre-prohibition distillery north of Campbellsburg, Indiana. Remember, brandy's just distilled wine, but it's also bourbon's sexier older sister. Please drink responsibly. And they go, what, what was he wearing? So now they're asking us this lineup of questions as if the FBI is just about to just dump it in this place. It's becoming an event at this point. Correct. Yeah. So now we all scared. All the kids are looking at each other like, okay, should we lie about this thing? Because <laughs> we we obviously did something wrong. Everybody quickly quickly find the correct answer. <laughs> I know. So we all are looking at each other like, okay, we we okay, what did we do? Then they put us all in one room like fucking prisoners, and they reconvene. And the maid that was helping my stepmother cook at home is the one passing by. Now, mind you, in Africa, we got brick homes. So there's bar bell to actually have windows. So we're not like prisoners just picking up the, the, the window and asking, he's like, hey, hey, come here, come here. What happened? What happened? She's like, oh, I don't know if I want to talk to you. I'm like, no, seriously help us out so he she goes the guy you guys were talking about is dead and all the kids were just looking at each other like like we our brain couldn't even figure that out yes yeah, so we, not, we not until hindsight you look back on it and you go oh that's the levity of those words that he was saying that's what correct yeah right so, but that even didn't sink in at that time. It didn't even sink in then. Because for us, it was more like, okay, something absolutely wrong is happening here. So two hours in the, in I call it called the jail room. We all pulled out. And they say, kids, be honest with us. What exactly happened? And we tell the same story. Now, guess what? We all got to go to the funeral. We all had to go through a cleansing ritual. My grandma had to wash us with specific herbs. Because the spirit visited all of us. Dude, when I tell you, and this is before my rite of passage, because apparently, if, you know, at 14, at 15, when you go through your rite of passage and becoming a man, it's different. But because we were all kids before our rite of passage then, we could see things that other people couldn't see. And so, and I'm, I'm guessing after a rite of passage, you're, you're, you're equipped. Correct. To deal with those things. Correct. 
And I'm telling you right now, till today, some me and my cousin, some of our cousin, we don't talk about. When we when we get together in a family thing, we still talk about that because yeah, we we all know we 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 all know we saw what we saw absolutely. Well, and 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 I'm going to throw this in there too, is the is you know after the rite of passage, before the rite of passage, the cleansing and all that stuff, Jack. We touched on this earlier. This is just my opinion. All right, bear that in mind. But I think that that's maybe one of the problems with the world now and people not being grounded, not understanding what they believe. All right, so there's a lot of a lot of. A lot of kids experience stuff like that because kids are attuned to it, right? Mm-hmm. And there's nobody to then do what you went through with the bathing ritual or whatever mm-hmm. ritual has importance to you. There's no The parents don't know that stuff because they didn't grow up with it. They don't know. And that causes a lot of problems, in my opinion, in the future for those children. You know, not of, of their own accord, mm-hmm. right? And it's, it's a very, well, I want to say in the intro of if you have ghosts, you have everything. I believe in spiritual warfare. That's part of it, I think. You know, that you're not, you don't have those protections because you don't know, because your culture didn't you grow up. You just don't know. Yet. Yeah. You don't know because no one taught you to begin with. That's one. Yep. And the parents don't listen to the kids when the kids say the things, Right. When the kids say the things, the parents go, oh, you didn't see that. Whatever. You know. And that's a problem, too. It's it's like when people actually look at my shows like Stranger Things, right? And they're talking about those things. I just sit there and I'm like, y'all don't know what Stranger Things is. Come to Africa. I'll show you what Stranger Things are. Because when we're talking about stranger things, see someone walk on water. That's stranger things. See someone, see a whole, uh, supposedly an animated. And I, I, I would challenge people to actually look up uh, the term egu. Egu. Um, uh, I would probably say, um, best way to actually describe it. Yeah, perfect. I will say the best way to, if you're going to look it up is Egu and type in Benin, the country Benin and put Egu and you will see in the pictures, if you go in the image in Google, you will see this picture of this uh thing or these things that have um that look like people with cloth very extravagantly weird cloth on them but you see people feet underneath of it but during the egu ceremony for the most some of them if you go if you go through them some of them don't have feet underneath some of them 
don't have a human feet underneath but they're moving and they're dancing and egu is is egu is one of is one of those vene those um you know those i'll say i won't say the deities that's the best way to put it. it's not even a god but it's those deities that are 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 using ceremony to cleanse things so if you if you did something if if it's a festival if it's something a ghoul have to go through the neighborhood they were supposed to be there they're supposed to be the spirit that chase bad evil and take them away and a a lower level protective spirit correct correct right and i will tell you right now if it usually happened only in the convent of the witch doctors where people will come in and clap for a ghoul and see him dance and show prowess of his his strength and whatnot but if a ghoul breaks out and have to go around the neighborhood you do not want Egu to touch you. Everybody scatter. There's video around of Egu going around and people scatter. And if you go back even So it's like like something that I'm just uh, just asking this question, but almost like something that gets out of control. Correct. Right? So it's so, kind of the same concept with like some of the some of the later Christian mysticism of like calling down the four angels are, are calling even mm-hmm. on the other side calling in the four principal demons right like, right yeah there's some benef- beneficiary to making them work for you but if you don't understand or you can't control it then it comes back on you you people have been seen with marks and go past them and they've been seen with marks like they were beaten up while Egu was passing by them. And you also don't want that omen to touch you. There is a picture showing even in 1897 how you know those area of the Gold Coast, Benin, Togo, and that were described. And those things were there already. Those Egu was there. They were the protector of the king. The king was lifted and walked. Egu was behind. Egu was on front, so no evil could get to the king. If you go into the Haitian culture, you hear Papa Legba or Mama Legba. Those are things that actually are the basis of the ground of how you you venerate things. Because those were the what are called the local household protectors. But Egu was above those things. Egu was the neighborhood watch. Was the, in French we call it quartier, so quarter watch. If you go back, if you see sometime how New Orleans is built, New Orleans is built for Egu to run around. Because Egu went through quarters. Right. You look at New Orleans. Interesting. So it's one of those things where I tell people that you may not believe in divinities or gods and whatnot, but I guarantee you, if you if you look into it, there's gonna be some things that you cannot comprehend. Even your own brain 
and we're not talking about uh uh what his name um we are not talking about david copperfield style you cannot no. comprehend no, you know no, no, no. and that's the one thing i always try to remind people i try to remind people that what what one thing that people don't understand is for these magicians today to do things that we see today as magic that they've learned to adapt ways they have seen read or written somewhere something that somebody did at a certain time of history that they're like i wonder how they did it yeah yeah absolutely and those people at that time did not have the technology to do those things so how did they do it well and, and you you know jack and, and you because you've seen this and because you you you've lived in a spiritual place right uh that you've you've been able to see and be around those sort of things and we touched on this briefly the last time you were on but the, you know the, the controllers of this world not wanting people to know certain aspects and certain truths of things and and so that's that's one of those things where you know i even go back into the the saint germain episode i did i did the saint germain episode for a reason right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that you know there what whatever somebody comes out of that show and they go research saint germain even more whatever whatever they come out of it with whatever idea whatever belief that they have the one thing that i hope that that was put across in there was that there was something much deeper going on with that particular character than meets the eye and there's a reason why we're still talking about him 240 something years later mm -hmm. and there are more like him and they they know real magic and they don't want you to know real magic mm -hmm. and they control a lot of things in this world whereas if the magic as you said before in the previous episode if history had been different and it was available to everyone right that would change things it would change a lot of things and it's not and it's been wiped out here and a lot not all of it obviously i mean and some of us are, are finding it or again i think leaning into things that we're trying to all learn about because mm -hmm. again people are starting to see these things these these things are are ramping up now in a major way where they can't be ignored anymore in a serious way yes in a dangerous way that is true that is very true do you do you guys have uh i'm sure you do i don't i don't i don't see how you wouldn't but in your in your belief system your idea system do you have this idea of, and this is something I've touched on in a lot of the episodes, but this idea of a, a tulpa, the idea of uh, <clears throat> a thought form that can take reality and get out. Oh of Oh yeah, oh yeah. So one of one of the things that in 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 the way people would think or will 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 go is actually that is part of also that is also part of you. Uh, that is part of also how you 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 pray, right? It start with a thought, and sometimes you know it. I, I will I, we may call it as meditation, 
but you have to have that intentionality that thought have to be there so in uh, advanced in advanced religions what i call in advanced religion the people that are combining you know they call it the celeste religion people that are combining the voodoo practice and the, the christianity's practice you know they will call uh saint michael the angel saint michael to battle on your behalf um there is certain salt that you use or certain perfume that you use during ritual that i use during ritual there's certain things that i have to do but in those times as it, there are certain hours that i have to take about and there's certain things that i have to think and things i have to I have to have thoughts i have to have and things i have to say while i'm going through the ritual so though you have to have those for it's almost like the wheel will not turn if those thoughts don't have power yeah absolutely absolutely that's that's how that's that's maybe the best way i can i can explain it to make sense so on the on the and i was and i was kind of driving that tulpa conversation and back into the saint germain thing real quick uh so the, the the and and this ties back into what you were talking about as well right so also this idea that those thought forms can become negative thought forms that also mm -hmm. get out of your control and may become physical thought forms and you know the people that have uh again that power in this world and they have that leisure time they can put a lot of intense effort into into creating those things mm -hmm. and now like we talked about earlier you have generations of children that didn't grow up with any grounding mm. and they're they're susceptible to those things right mm -hmm. so i mean again like calling people a certain name right mm. <laughs> and putting that pretty much in their in their head in their mind yeah yeah one hundred thousand percent so like you know, because calling someone stupid or calling them a certain name or calling these things are obviously things that you are putting in this in this kid's head. It's a thought that you are forming in this kid's head. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you're saying something about your kid, something about, you know, how how something should be i always tell people you know well, 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 there was something that my uh uh my my uh, the craziest thing in my uh you know my my it, back to my grandmother because i look up to my elders it's not what you said it's how you said it you know, um, if we go back to small things, right? Small things, small things. So it used to be when you have an abscess, right? I, I thinking about thought. If you have an abscess, that would not go away at all. Like they tried everything and they're not going away. When you go see the witch doctor, here's what they will say. They will, they will give you 
probably some clay and a few herbs and that. But what they would say, they would say, take the first dollar of the money you've made and take that dollar and rub it on that abscess while wishing that abscess away. And at the first sign of dawn, throw that dollar in a corner of the street next to your house. My cousin swore his abscess went away. So as a kid, what do they tell you when you find money on a street? Don't pick it up. <laughs> exactly. That's all. Awesome. Right. That's a good one. That's a good one. And that goes that goes back to the haunted the haunted object sort of thing, right? Like oh, yeah, oh my God! People, people, people have have no idea. Uh, there's so many uh, things, right? Um, like, if we're gonna go to the list of things. I'll give you I'll give people kind of preview into that world, right? That that's small a small preview. I'm sure you would do on, on uh Let me let me on, say this before you before you give the preview. <laughs> do you remember that that cousin of my grandma's I told you about? Yeah. I didn't take anything from his house. Mm-hmm. Nothing when he passed away because mm-hmm. he was the mm-hmm. meanest old man I ever met. And mm-hmm. I didn't <laughs> not here. I would tell you this. You need to make an episode about pacts. Pacts. Because through pacts, there are totems. Right. Now now you're now you're touching on something that I've yeah. You know what I'm saying? So familiar with what what people don't what people don't understand when we talk about objects and we talk about things that may be animated or have some some sort of spiritual connection to why do people used to bless their weapon before they went into into war you know uh packs or name know, their, uh, name their weapons yes name their weapon name their name their stuff Hey Metalheads, I'm Mark and I host Metal Forge. Let me tell you about the show. The Metal Forge features the best underground metal from all over the world. We spend every week with a different artist with interviews, in-depth conversations, and most of all, the music. We also feature audience interactivity where you can submit your questions to the upcoming guests. New episodes are out every Friday at noon Eastern Time at MetalForgeRadio.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I still remember, you know, um, told, you know, one of the girls I knew was a totem. She had their totem animal was, um, uh, was, uh, 
what do you call it was was a uh, was a, a rabbit so she couldn't eat rabbit meat but we are talking five generation removed and when she tell the story how her great grandfather stranded her somewhere had an agreement with a rabbit and the rabbit gave himself to him so his generation never have to touch or go through something again I mean it was a big deal right if we go to India we have a lot of totems right you can eat a cow there is a story behind that there's there's people have totem people have things where in some families you always see a silver coin sent somewhere there in some families you see you see there's a picture of an animal somewhere the only they don't wear a certain color or never wear a certain color in some family they won't eat a certain legume they will not touch a certain things um it's totem that in some in some cultures you cannot do certain sexual act because those were already forbidden by your totem in the bloodline you're in but if you don't know well, you, then, you you have that too with certain um but it's almost the opposite right so uh and this is this all touches on the idea of the sacred profane but with say for for example certain native american tribes it's the exact opposite if mm -hmm. that's your totem that's that should be your spiritual sustenance to something mm -hmm. that you're getting your mm -hmm. power from that right um yeah. you're you're absorbing it and using it as a source of of power so to speak yeah but like in some cultures it's like a pact was made with that with that animal was made with that thing you can't do that like harvest can only happen a certain time right and when when it comes to animated animal or you know names to things those names have to transcend so you'd be like the i remember in some certain family the third child of any second-born woman or any third-born woman have to have this name and there is nothing to do about it that name has to be there and they are literally forbidden to stray away from it because of and those things are like that's what i'm saying a small preview of things that as a spiritual right as you understand the rules and regulation as you know that those spirits are there because the real the real objective here is knowing that the spirit is there is understanding the rules and regulation around it and open up your mind a little bit like you do in the intro by reminding people that this is not preaching this is just opening your mind to a certain things and things that you may see because of certain behavior and you travel the world like I know already, I know in my heart that I can take you to Africa with me, no problem. I already know that. I know that nothing that's gonna happen there if I tell you, okay, Alan, we're not taking this road, we're taking this road. We are not using this hand, we're using this hand. We're not touching this tree, but we're touching this one. You know exactly, I don't have to actually sit there and say, because, you know what I'm saying? Because you know, you can actually stand there and also say, I'm not doing this thing, but I'm going to do that. That's that vulnerability we talked about earlier. Correct. You have to open yourself up to that. 
some and 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 tell your mind you know people may call it your third eye or your spiritual eye or whatnot but till your mind actually have crossed that line like i said at the beginning it's okay to sleep in your foolishness it's all right well jack and here's one that's fun for you in western culture um and this is not to, to lessen the impact of any diagnosis or anything. All right, so let's talk talking on packs for a minute, okay? Mm-hmm. Some people may already be making packs and not know that they're doing it, and it may be showing up as a little obsessive compulsive disorder. You you are trying to open a gate here. You open a door that <laughs> is a wide wide door. You open it. You open a big door right now, and but that's what I'm saying. It's okay to be blind, right? Because it's only the image that you see. But till things start going completely out of order, to the point where you have to, you're almost forced to ask the question: Is this beyond my regular comprehension? You will not understand it. That's that's really what it is. Absolutely. It, it, there is there is so many sayings in Africa that I, I, I sometimes I say I'm glad I'm born uh, in Africa you know because it, West Africa in French they say le berceau de l'humanité meaning it's the crib of humanity right? it's a crib of humanity that's how when we were born when we were studying history that's what he said that West Africa is the crib uh of, of of humanity and and when you hear you're like what 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 are you guys talking about because actions you take are not willy-nilly you, you almost can do it because all the things you heard or how or the things you're the basis that you were raised on right like when things are hard imagine when you go into a tough time what will someone tell you let's say uh, you you call a friend of yours and you say i'm going through a very tough time right now i don't think i can make it it's just it's just everything is not going sideways what, what would be the a one-liner that a friend can give you to just give you a glimpse of hope man it would it would, it would be it would depend on on what the background of that friend is but it's going to be it's going to be either somewhere in the I'm here for you or I'm going to I'm here to talk to you or I'm going to pray for you or some manner of like, oh, and depending on who it comes from, it does have weight or it doesn't have weight, though. You know what I mean? Correct. But for the most, it doesn't have weight. Right. Yep. But he, I would tell you two lines that a good friend would tell you. Not because they, they feel like they can fix it for you, but to remind you of what, who you are and what you stand for. First line is going to be probably in the lines of, have you ever seen a night without a day? Nice. Yeah. Right. So you're walking through this very, very pitch dark night, but please just keep reminding yourself. Mm-hmm. That the fucking sun is coming. Yep. Right? That'll be the first one. Second one. 
He said, he, you'll hear in the line of a tornado would take out all the leaves of a tree, but will never break its trunk. You're in the eye of the storm. You will grow your leaf back. These are things that unless you ingrain in a certain culture, will you wake up from that conversation and go, I'm a fucking tree and I got roots. I'm good. Yeah, right. Shit. This is just a tornado. I'm going to make it through this shit. You know, you know what the, the thing about it is, though, is there's just enough truth, just enough truth hidden in Western culture. Right. So, for example, and it sounds trite because everybody who knows this movie knows exactly where it came from. But it's saying that's very similar to that that would have a very similar meaning from the movie The Crow, which obviously mm -hmm. has some very deep meaning to it. Mm -hmm. It can't rain all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, I'm telling you right now, it's one of those things where I tell people it comes down to roots. It comes down to where you are, what ingrains you, what keeps you, what keeps you grounded to this earth that we are, we take from, walk on, and return to, right? If you have not understood that, I, I still, I shit you not, my grandma talks about how my older aunt was born until today I still think that that woman lies because my older son my, my mom my mom's older sister my grandma's like I was just going to the I was going to the grass I, I was just going to the to the I was pregnant and I just needed to go to to uh, the farm to just the land just just to, to harvest season. And she said, she said, she said, I shit you not. Having these constructions and just, just, and here's how my grandma described this. I'm having these constructions and I sit under this tree. And this con con contraction was so bad. And I was screaming and no one could hear me. And she said, I was trying to push and I'm pushing and nothing is happening. And she said, I saw this big old python on lowly coming down for this tree. And she said, I said, I was dead. And she described this as this python wrapping himself around her, squeezing her till she pushed this baby out. And she thought, she's like, for some reason, I was so tired. I had my machete with me. But this Python, when this baby started screaming, let go and climbed back on the street. So, dude, that, uh, that like really leans to me back into that whole idea of the positive tulpa thing right she knew she had that baby was coming right 
there's something, some power that she brought into that, and that python was there, and it helped with the whole process, and it left when it was done, you know? But when you hear it, you go, no, there ain't no way, you know? Right. But you hear it again, no way. Yeah, you're not going to see it on, like, the news at 5. No. <laughs> you, you know, know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, 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 but, but, when people talk about the near-death experience, when you talk about things that they they went through and things that they done you go is that is that a possibility is it is it that it really did happen till something actually you know you see something and you go maybe it did fucking happen yeah <laughs> but my brain cannot fucking comprehend it either and some of it were not meant to to a greater deal or less, I think. So, so when when we are talking about the supernatural, when we're talking about the dead, remember that you are on by honoring the people that came before you. All you are asking for is for them to watch out for you. That's that's all you're asking for. You don't want anything. They they're just going to watch out for you. You're not jumping into any spirit. I mean, the Day of the Dead, for example, it's something that is celebrated in, in South America, seriously. But I, I always tell people, I'm like, no, it's not the movie Coco. It's not that. But if you see the movie Coco, it's to remind this young Hispanic kids or young kid that's seen their parents celebrating the dead that there is a deeper meaning. There's a deeper meaning. And this, this you almost have to grow up in it to understand that oh they this is not a joke there is truly a meaning a meaning to this thing and and I, I'll, I'll say this too <clears throat> i do think and because the world has changed so much right i do think it's possible i mean obviously you need to know your roots as best as you can but for some people mm -hmm. that's not a possibility it's not impossible to to find the things that work for you and i'm i am huge on this idea a lot of times beliefs are dangerous mm -hmm. but ideas are a good thing and as long as you have some idea right some something that you can put that thought that effort into if you don't have those roots you need to start building those roots one way or the other and figuring out the rules right I think that I think that that's still a very relevant thing that that just be just because because some people aren't aren't you know they don't grow up in, in those cultures and they're not around those things they're not exposed yeah. to, they have to find something somewhere and here's the other thing right and that we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier but you know it's a funny thing you know the the opposing idea of beliefs um and how they push people apart but you know if you turn far enough away from an idea you eventually come back around to something real similar to it right so take for example we talked there was a little a little mention of this idea of like a, a matrix or whatever you want to mm -hmm. say right or, or this idea now that some 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 of the more scientific minded people that don't have those maybe they're cut off from their spiritual side mm -hmm. completely mm -hmm. you know that, that we're in some sort of matrix or whatever you know that idea is not polar opposite of pre-ordination and Christianity it's pretty much the same idea that it's all planned out it just came from a different direction mm -hmm. 
So I tell people you you need to know. You need to know. You you it's okay to want to know. It's okay to ask. It's okay to ask because I tell people all the time if if you don't ask, if you're not curious, why are you on this planet? Why are you here? That's that's really that's really what is down to why are you here? You know, and I think that's that's should be the most subliminal question sometimes that people don't ask enough. And, you know, the reason of your show, the reason of this thing is why am I here? Once you start asking that question, some things make sense. How you deal with your kids, how you deal with your wife, your your partner in life, how you deal with people, what people tell you. Because it's almost like a mission. Why am I here? How you understand things. If you're if you're here for purpose, if you're here for mission, are you honoring the people before you? Are you honoring the things before you? Do you have the appropriate weapons to make it through physically, mentally, and whatnot? If the answer is no, now you start seeking those things. So the question, why am I here? You know, follows immediately. If you have ghosts, you have you do have everything because if you understand your your history, which your ghosts are your history, you understand everything that happened in front of you. You know, uh, there is this funny thing we used to tell people. You know, the joke is a plane never can never back up because he doesn't have any side mirrors. Right? That's what they would be, they would tell people like when we were growing up. Do you know that I actually did not know that a plane when they say we were pushing back, it really means somebody's pushing it back. I, I never understood it. In my, like literally, I, the immigrant in my head, 30 some years on this planet, before I actually saw some, I literally sat at the airport on a call with somebody, saw people get in the plane, and then I saw a little tiny car pushing the plane back. I'm like, wait a fucking minute. Are they pushing this thing back? Jack, again, this is why we are not that different because growing up in Pekin, Indiana, buddy, I didn't see an airplane when I, I was quite a bit older. I have, I have no idea. I'm like, I'm like, oh, when they say we pushing back, you really mean we are being pushed back. But this is after being in, in, in multiple airplanes, after after traveling for years, right? But what, what happened then is I was having a conversation with another, you know, uh, my spiritual mentor, and she made reference to that. And she said, if a whole plane made by a whole group of smart people still need help being pushed back, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and I just sat there like a dumbass person. I'm like, nobody knows it. Well, you know, and that's you know the, the the spirits that I that I I call on a lot. Again, a lot of them aren't necessarily my ancestors, but you know, they're the people that I'm. I put you know their names on bottles and all that stuff. And I do it for a reason, right? Because I have a story to tell, and and even just the contemplation of 
you know, one of my favorite places to go, not only as a historian and a, a distiller and a spiritual person, is a cemetery. But how many people walk into a cemetery and look around and take a moment to contemplate those people that were there, all of them, right? Mm -hmm. Stop in the cemetery and look around and think about all, think about all the memories you have, all the stories that you have, all the things that you lived. And then you multiply that by however many graves are there, how long they lived, etc. You know, people don't contemplate those things. No. But they're important. It's I feel like we can we can break down in this into twenty episodes and still and still and still I don't think people will be ready for what we have to say. Well I, I think what we can do, Jack, is uh maybe maybe a couple times a year we can we have you on here and we can jump into some stuff oh yeah that's 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 actually what i uh, i was i was about to suggest as well yeah. is on is coming on and having a moment where we we chat with the people absolutely and and, and truly and truly understanding uh or having something a little bit connected but a little bit off prof off profile a little bit yep to really know or really understand that there's people that are uh, a living example mm -hmm. of the spiritual world that look normal every day are not wearing all you know are not wearing a certain things are not look in a specific way where from the out you know from the outside it looks like they are those things but that They're practice not. those things that are just like you that are in your office every day that wear a suit just like you or dressed like you or just like you every day you yeah. see in the bar but just see something a little dip deeper than you do that would be that would be great by me man and uh i enjoy working with you i've enjoyed these two conversations and the other nice thing about doing a couple of those jack is it keeps me from having to do my stupid radio voice so uh... <laughs> <laughs> but i always i always tell you i say when it comes to you don't want to leave me and alan bishop alone in a room because our conversation goes in places where the regular human being i don't think is ready to fathom how those conversation goes and there's a lot of things we've said here that a few people will be like what did what in the what just happens to <laughs> what, what are they talking about right but i hope that the stories we've told and the little historical gems and small things that we've told you maybe have taken you on a journey have have opened your word to something that you may not have never thought about or know about that i will tell you right now is worth every moment of your attention 